0: Good morning. My name is Andy. I've been here at Faith for four years, and I serve with the high school ministry this morning I'll be reading Luke 8 4 through 21 Soon afterward, he went on through the city, or wait, verse (laughs) 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and it choked it, up with it and choked it. And some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light take care then you hear take care then how you hear for the one who has more will be given and from the one who has not even what he thinks he has will be taken away then his mother and brothers came to him but they could not reach him because of the crowd and he was told your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you but he answered them My mother and brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is God's word.
1: Thanks, Andy. The first sermon that I preached after I became the pastor here at Faith was on July seventeenth, 1988. And a few of you were there. Uh, we were renting a building, an unair conditioned building near downtown. Did I mention this was the middle of July? And that morning, I was very nervous, first sermon, as a, like a paid pastor, and it was very hot. And uh, the bad news is I was wearing gray slacks and a dress shirt and a tie, and I started sweating before I got up to preach, and I did not stop sweating until I finished preaching. I kid you not... By the time it was done, I had sweated through my knees on those gray slacks. Some of you remember it. And I will never forget the look on people's faces. People are going, I just, it was like, I just hope he doesn't expire before this sermon was over. And that kind of typified the first few years of my preaching. My goal many, many Sundays was to make it till noon. I wanted to survive the preaching event. And so that's what what it was like. Then the next few years... Uh, I, I came to this conclusion, I want to I actually preach good sermons. And occasionally, I even want to preach a great sermon. And so that was my goal. But then at some point along the line, it, it really, in a deep, deep way, I realized the obvious, that the point of me preaching is not how I do or how I feel The goal is for you to hear the Word of God, hear the voice of God. That's why God speaks. That's why He has given us Scripture, so that we hear His voice. And so, honestly, that's why we teach through passages of Scripture. We hope you hear God saying to you the same things that He was saying to the original hearers. And so, now you know, that's my goal when I preach. But, Just because that's my goal does not mean that you hear the voice of God on Sunday morning. You're very aware of this. Two people can hear the exact same message, very different responses. One person comes away, and they think, God spoke to me today. I I heard God tell me things. He showed me things in my heart that I didn't know were there. And as a result, with his help, I'm going to actually live my life differently. And another person can hear the exact same sermon and yawn, and turn to the person next to them and say, now, do the Chiefs kick off at noon, or 2.30, or 7.20, that's right. And just have absolutely no response, not hear a word that God might say to them. And so, while it is important how I preach, how we preach, equally as important, perhaps more important, is how you hear. How you hear the word of God. And that's true here on Sunday mornings. It's true when you're reading your Bible privately, individually, at home. It's true when we gather in groups and we talk about Scripture. And that's what today's passage is about. As Andy read it, you probably noticed, Jesus talks about hearing, hearing, hearing. And in a number of different ways, Jesus is asking us the question, Are you careful or are you careless in how you hear God's Word? Are you careful or how, Or are you careless? And the reason why it matters is the same reason when, if somebody doesn't really care what you have to say. You know how it makes you feel. If somebody could care less what you have to say, they don't care about you. They don't care who you are. They don't care what you think. They don't care what you want. And the same thing is true when it comes to God. If we're careful about listening to His voice, then we care about God. We care about what he thinks, what he wants. If we're careless, we're basically saying, God, I don't really care what you want for me, what you have to say about me. And so in this passage, Jesus is it's, it's just an amazing passage, and the, the presupposition behind it is that we're responsible for how we listen. And so we're not at the mercy of whatever. We have to own whether or not we hear God's voice when you hear it taught, when you read it, when you discuss it with friends. And so today's passage is Luke 8, 4 through 21. I got it wrong in the bulletin. It's not Luke 7, it's Luke 8, 4 through 21. And there are four distinct paragraphs. The first paragraph, Jesus tells the parable of the soils. The second paragraph, he explains it. The third paragraph, he talks about a lamp that's set on a, a table. It's not hidden. And then in the fourth paragraph, he talks about who actually constitutes the his family. And what runs through all four paragraphs is this, this emphasis on how are you hearing God's Word? Are you careful or are you careless? And so, uh, this is the fifth sermon in our, our series, Understanding Jesus. And it's very, very, very true that if we don't care what God says, we will not understand Jesus. We'll totally miss what he, who He is and what he wants for us. And so let's work work our way through this passage. Notice the context in verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, and I'll just summarize. Jesus told this parable, which is a story with a point. And he talks about a farmer who sowed seed on different types of soil. Apparently in that day they would sow the seed and then they would plow. But he sowed the seed, and, and in three out of the four soils, the seed didn't produce a fruit. It didn't produce a crop. If you're a farmer or even if you're a gardener, that's a total fail. It's a complete fail. You're not just planting, th- planting seeds so that the plant will grow. You actually want a crop. In the fourth soil, it produced an abundant Abundant crop. And after telling this story, he challenges his hearers this way in verse 8. And he, as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so not all of them can hear what he was saying, but some of them just didn't care. They weren't teachable. But some of them could. They had ears to hear. To them, Jesus says, Let him hear. So he tells the story, he says, Hear this. But his disciples didn't understand it. And so we see in verse 9, they asked him, explain to us the parable. And that's what disciples do. If you're actually a disciple of Jesus, if you actually are apprenticed to him and want to learn his ways, if you don't understand something, you don't shrug your shoulders and say, whatever. No, you ask, you seek, you knock. And that's what the disciples did here. Verse 9, and when his disciples asked him what the parable meant, he said, to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. And so you're being given insider information. There are secrets that you can't, cannot know unless they're revealed. Sometimes it's translated mysteries. And it's not like a murder mystery where if you think hard enough, you, you can figure it out. Now, the mysteries of the kingdom, they're hidden, and they can only be known if they're revealed. And Jesus tells his disciples I am revealing this to you so you will know how the kingdom moves forward. He's going to do that by explaining this parable. But for others, they are in parables so that, and then he quotes from Isaiah, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not hear. Jesus is saying people today are just like they were in Isaiah's day, uh, centuries earlier. They have eyes and ears, but they're not teachable. So they don't see spiritual truth. They don't hear spiritual truth. And so to them, because, and it's not the case that they were begging, God, teach us, we want to know. No, God had communicated to them in every imaginable way. They wanted nothing to do with it. They they did not listen to God. And so Jesus says, just like in that day, uh, uh, they won't hear, so I'm speaking to them in parables. Now, the good news for us is that we don't have to kind of discern, okay, who's an insider and wants it and who doesn't. This, the, the, the secrets of the kingdom are now an open secret. It's been revealed in Scripture, okay? So it's for anybody who will receive it. We now know how the kingdom moves forward, and we'll talk about that. And At the heart of it, it moves forward through faith in Jesus Christ. He died. He rose again. Everybody who wants eternal life, believe in him, he paid for your sins. Your sins are forgiven. Now you have a relationship with God. Beginning in verse 11, Jesus explains the parable of the soils. Now, the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. First and foremost, this, this Word of God is this message about Jesus. And then by extension, the, the Word of God is everything that's taught in Scripture. Scripture. But just as the seed is the same for all four soils, the the word of God is the same for all people. There's not one message for people in one continent or one ethnicity or one socioeconomic class. It's the same message. There's one seed, there's one gospel for everybody, no matter where you are. What differs is the way people hear or don't hear the message. And that's what the four soils described. And ultimately, one of these four soils at the end of your life will describe you. One of these will be true of you. And uh, there are times, of course, when you might lapse into another time. One, the one type of soil might characterize you for a time, but ultimately, uh, you're another soil. But I would encourage you as we go through this, these four soils, ask the question, which of these am I? How do I hear God's word? And don't be afraid to be honest. I would be afraid to miss hearing the word of God and miss God altogether. So there's no reason not to be honest. The first response to the gospel is described in verse 12. And this is the, the, one, the seed that fell along the path. It was trampled. Birds snatched some of it up. He says, "'The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts.'" so that they may not believe and be saved. And so Jesus is describing what's happening in the unseen spiritual realm. He says, the devil comes along and he takes away the word from a person's heart. And so the devil in, in scripture is a powerful, intelligent, crafty, spiritual being. And the devil hates God. And his ultimate objective is to keep people from believing in Jesus, and knowing God, and loving God. And so the devil snatches away the seed, and the person does not believe and is not saved. Now, the fact that the devil does this doesn't mean that the person has no responsibility, is not, is not accountable. Uh, it doesn't mean they have no responsibility for their unbelief. From a human point of view, this person just isn't interested in the gospel. And so it may be because this, this message about Jesus is too simple, or maybe it's too specific, or maybe it's just ludicrous, the idea that a guy who lived 2,000 years ago, died on the cross, would have anything to do with my sin being taken care of, being wiped out. But whatever the case, this person unknowingly cooperates with the devil in re- rejecting the gospel. Maybe this describes you. Maybe you have never, uh, you have, have never given the gospel a fair Hearing and it's never taken root in your life, you've never believed. If that's you, it is not too late. Jesus came so that you might hear the gospel and believe it. The second response, verse 13: And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, they receive it with joy. So there's this initial reception: hear it, receive it. I'm glad that I've come to this faith. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. And so the testing could be suffering of some type, could be physical suffering, it could be persecution, people coming at you because you you believe in Jesus, and there's this anger, this hostility. But whatever the case, you say, okay, that's enough. I I am done with this faith. It's over. And throughout the scriptures, you, you see that those who persevere to the end are the ones who are saved there's a type of faith there's a type of initial faith that's not actually saving faith and so again maybe you once received God's word with joy you were eager to learn but then life happens and all these troubles have come pressing in on you and you've just decided yeah it doesn't work for me I may still go to church but I'm not going to receive God's word I'm not going to trust him I'm just going through the motions. And so if that's you, again, it is not too late. You can come to your senses, turn from that way of thinking, and hear the word, receive it with faith. The third response, verse 14. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And so Jesus mentioned several things there. When he talks about cares, he's talking about burdens, just these heavy things that you bear. You can probably think of something in your life right now that is is very troubling to you, very burdensome. It might be a strained relationship. It might be some uh, uncertainty about the future, but it weighs you down. Okay, that care, that burden can either push you closer to God and he can become your refuge deeper and deeper ways or it can so consume you that it chokes out the word and you're so consumed with this care, you quit listening to God. You're not hearing him anymore. You don't even care what he wants wants to tell you. You just want to get out, out from under this burden. Jesus also mentions riches. Riches have a way, and we have this affluence in our country that that is just staggering. And if we let it, these riches will mask our need for God's word. We can be so satisfied with so many riches and so consumed by getting more that we, we make riches into an idol. Jesus said, You cannot serve God and money. Or it could be pleasures. There are legitimate pleasures that are to be enjoyed to the glory of God. There are illegitimate pleasures that can grow and consume us where they become obsessions and addictions. And the only thing we want is this pleasure. That's what we live for. Again, it just chokes out the word. And that may be you and you wake up and you, you just take an honest look in the mirror and you go, you know, I can't remember the last time I really heard the voice of God. I'm just so consumed by the cares of this world and by riches and by pleasures. Again, if that's you, it is not too late. It is not too late. The fourth response. As for that in the good soil, as for the seed in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. And so this person has an honest and a good heart. It's not that they're perfect, but they legitimately want to hear the voice of God. And so they're teachable. And so Jesus says they they hear God's word and they hold on to it. And so they they hear this message about Jesus and I believe it and you think about it and you talk about it. And you treasure it in your heart and the teachings of Jesus, you do the same thing. And I love the way he says it. it's so significant, he says, and they bear fruit with patience. That's the mindset of a farmer, right? You don't plant a seed one day and expect a crop the next day, or the next week, or even the next month. The farmer sees this, the the crops, the, the plants bear fruit as they're patient. And in the same way, if you really have a good heart and you really want to learn from God, you don't say, well, yesterday I I read the Word and I claimed it and I believed it and look what happened today. God didn't come through. I guess it doesn't work for me. No, you soak in the Word, you hold it tight, you think about it, you talk about it, you treasure it in your heart, and over time, if you're patient, it bears fruit. It absolutely changes the way you think and the way you feel and the way you speak and the way you live your life. Why? Because when you listen to God, you experience Him. When you you believe His Word, you experience Him, and He does a radical transformation in your life. And every single one of us can be this fourth soil, if we receive the Word, if we're careful to hear God's Word, and we receive it, and we hold on to it in faith. You know, my experience, I grew up going to church, but I did not grow up hearing God's Word. I kind of had this superstitious attitude toward the Bible. I had a Sunday school teacher one time, I was probably 12 years old, I think, and she told us, if you have a stack of books and one of them is a Bible, the Bible better be on top, okay? I was like, what is that? that... Something bad going to happen to me. And, and so I just had the superstitious attitude toward the Bible. So I was a good church kid until I went to college. Then my first year and a half kind of went crazy. like All my friends did, say everything that went with it. And so when I would come home at night, it didn't matter what I had done. I had a Bible open on my desk, and I would read a couple verses, and then I'd just kind of conk out. I never understood what it said. As far as I could tell, it never did me any good whatsoever. Then I met these guys... That were the real deal. They loved Jesus. They had this life I'd never seen before. It's like they were on first name basis with Jesus. It wasn't weird. It was just, this was their life. Then I saw a joy in them I'd never seen. I started hanging out with them. They told me about Jesus. They shared the gospel with me. And after a few months, it was just the most natural thing in the world. I just fell in love with Jesus because I loved their lives. It had credibility. And once I came to faith in Christ, what God does, he puts his, this may be the weirdest thing in the world to you, but he puts his spirit within you, okay, when you believe. And that happened to me. And the thing that changed more than anything else, anything else, was my experience with the word. It went from being this this superstitious thing to this life-giving, nourishing experience. Instead of having this thing, well... You ought to read the Bible. It's an obligation. You should do this. It's like I could not get enough of it, honestly. And it set me on this journey that was like 42 years ago. And uh, please understand, I have not been good soil like 100% 24-7. There have been times when the Word has been choked out in my life, smothered. It's been the, the cares and the worries of this world have just just quenched it in my life but honestly, I am not anything like the person I was. God has transformed kind of the deep structures of my thinking and my life. Honestly, I cannot imagine where I would be without God's word. And I'm not the exception. Many of you would say the same thing. If you have heard the word and you've believed it, this truth about Jesus and God puts his spirit within you, he's been writing it on your heart and you have this deep internal desire to please God And experience Him as it's described in the Word. That's just the common experience. If you've never experienced it, you need to know it's possible. It's not for a select few, it's not for like the best of the best. This is the common experience in the body of Christ. Let's look at these last two paragraphs. Uh, rather briefly, they reinforce the same idea. Jesus doesn't switch, or Luke doesn't switch topics. He's still talking about the importance of being careful, not careless, how we hear God's word. In verses 16 through 18, Jesus says that those who are careful to hear, they receive more and more spiritual light and truth, kind of like the fourth soil, okay? And so this is what he says No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. If I came to your house, I doubt I I would find your lamp strategically placed in a closet or under the bed. They'd be on on a stand, right? Because why do we have lamps? They'd be hanging from the ceiling, right? So we could see stuff. You can see where to walk, you can see what you're eating, you can see where you left your keys. In the same way, Jesus teaches spiritual truth, spiritual light, so we can see things. See things that are that have been, been previously hidden, spiritual truth that we could not figure out. So verse 17, nothing is for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. You remember Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to tell you the secrets of the kingdom. And so now it's an open secret. Anybody who knows, Jesus is shining this light for anybody who will receive it. But notice in verse 18 that a response is necessary. Just because Jesus was preaching God's word didn't mean that everybody heard the voice of God. Okay? So he says, what I say to you, Take care then how you hear, for the one who has, more will be given. So if you're careful to hear the message about Jesus, if you believe in Him and you 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 hang on to the gospel, you hang on to the word as it's taught, you talk about it, you think about it, you treasure it in your heart, you will you will keep on, you you will keep on be you will be given more and more spiritual insight, like the good soil. you will bear more and more, spiritual fruit. You will become more and more like Jesus. You will have more influence in the lives of others. If you're careful to hear, you receive more and more spiritual truth and light. By contrast, the second half of the verse, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. And so the person who's careless in the way that they hear They have this, might have, this is soils number two and three. Might have this initial response, joyful response to it. I've experienced God. I've got it. But they just think they have it. They're careless and they don't hear the word of God. And what they have, they think they have, even that will be taken away. Once in all the spiritual life, light, but no more. Be careful, not careless. Then in verses 19 through 21, Jesus says, those who are careful to hear, they actually become his family. Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They desire to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And so once again, he's talking about those who are careful to hear the word of God He says they actually do it. Those are the people that Jesus relates to like family. Why is that? Because there's this commonality. Like Jesus, they have this this, this tenacious desire to hear from God. They actually care what God thinks. They actually love God. And that's what Jesus was all about. Jesus said things like, my food is to do the will of God. That's what sustains me. That's what keeps me alive. That's what nourishes me, doing the will of God. He quoted this to to the devil, actually, in the wilderness. He said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord. So if you agree with him on that, you are family. And Jesus relates to you in the most intimate, personal of ways. And so you really can't overstate the value of, hearing God's Word. Over time, it will change your life. It will change the way you feel, the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act. You'll be like a a man who built his house on the rock. The storm's going to come, but if you hear God's Word and do it, you will be strong. You won't experience catastrophic loss the way you would if you're careless. And so I've got a very simple challenge for you very simple assignment if you will that will help you to be careful to hear again this is for everybody this is not just for the those that have been followers of Christ for a long long time you may be brand new this is this is just as true for you it's just as important for you you have to own how you hear god's word so my assignment is my suggestion would you have a conversation have a conversation with someone you trust About your habits of hearing God's word. Okay? Identify somebody that you trust. It might be a family member, a roommate, it might be a friend. And if you don't know anybody you can have a conversation like that with, let us know. We will find a safe person, no pressure. But have a conversation and explore together honestly. No reason not to be honest. What are my habits when it comes to God's word? So ask, ask each other. So what soil actually describes you? And if it's not the good soil, why is it one of the other soils? And, and just be honest with them. Are there, is it, is it the, the, the lure of riches or is there some pleasure that's just overwhelming you hearing God's word or are you burdened, by, burdened down by certain cares? And so have this conversation and sometimes naming what's keeping you from hearing the Word can break its power in your life. And then uh, just ask the question, help me understand, help me figure out a simple plan for hearing God's Word. Everything that we really do, everything that's important in our lives, we come up with a plan and we work it. You want to you get in shape? You join a gym, you get a trainer, you get a workout buddy, and you do it. You want to learn to play an instrument? You take music lessons and you practice. You wanna pursue a career, you go to school, you get training, you you get a mentor, and you you enter in and that's how you do it. The same thing is true if you really wanna hear the word of God, you have to have a simple plan and you need a mentor. You need somebody that will help you, maybe somebody a few steps further down the road. And uh, help each other identify a time and a place when you can hear God's word each day or each week, individually and corporately, and this will look different for different ones of us, depending on your stage of life, but it is possible in every stage of life to hear God's Word. God will make a way for you. And so again, this is my question. Are you careful or are you careless in how you hear God's Word? Father, we pray that we would be people that pay so very close attention to you because we love you. We believe that you are the most amazing Not only the most powerful, but also the most compassionate, the most interesting, the most fascinating being in the universe. Forgive us when we ignore you and treat you as if your words don't really matter. But God, we want to know your mind. We want you to teach us. And so God, lead us in these things. Uh, we're, We're fickle people. We get too busy. We get distracted by so many things. And so lead us in Jesus' name,
0: amen.